Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for this day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad. Thank you for a time of celebration and worship of your goodness. Thank you for good news. The Bible says that those who preach the good news of the gospel uh, will be blessed in our feet as we share your goodness to the land. There's people all over the world that are listening to the word of the Lord in the house of the Lord from the man of God in this house. We pray that you would add your blessing to the word. We pray that it would be a time of edification that it would be a time of instruction and wisdom, that your word would be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, that your word would be a good seed planted in good hearts that would bring forth good fruit. Let us be not only hearers of your word, but doers, O God. Teach us how to apply these truths to our daily lives. Allow us to be your people upon the planet in this time. Prepare us for your coming. Allow your spirit to continue to speak into our hearts and give us obedience that we not just have godliness as an outward appearance, but that the inner substance of our heart would be living your word according to your heart. Prosper your word in our hearts. We pray that your word would be a double-edged sword, sharp and quick to be able to deliver us in the next coming days, weeks, months, and the entire year, Father. We pray that your foundation would be laid this morning, that we would build upon your word as those who build upon a solid rock. When the winds blow and the rains fall and the floods rise, the house will not fall because it is founded upon the principles of your word. So bless your word and that it not return void, that we might be more blessed, encouraged, and willing to obey your word being attentive to the times we live. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. I have called this message the here and now because I I really uh, don't live in the worries of tomorrow, nor can I afford to hang on to yesterday. And I, I believe God is the one that teaches us this He lives in the eternal present. Um, He teaches us that this is the day in which we find salvation. And with regards to tomorrow, he says, don't worry about tomorrow. And he tells us to forget what has been, has already happened. You can't change things that have already happened You could use things that have happened as a stepping stone and not a stumbling stone. So I I do understand that if you know where you came from, you know where you're going. Uh, There's some people that continue to walk in circles, and so they never are familiar with getting beyond the past. They continue to go around the desert like the people of Israel did for 40 years when they could have come into the promised land within a week and a half, within 14, uh, 11 days. So I, I want us to understand where we should be at this point. And I can tell you that I have no doubt that 
God's word for us this year in Isaiah 35 is provision from the Lord that's through the roof. It gives us the pursuit of his heart. And when we're talking about this provision of the Lord in Isaiah 35, he says, coming out of the desert, um, they shall rejoice and blossom as a rose. That's Isaiah 35, 1. Um, the wilderness and the wasteland, place of ruin, shall be an opportunity for rejoicing as the desert rejoices and the rose blossoms. And he says in verse 2, it shall blossom with abundance and it will cause that state of joy. A lot of you that are going through very difficult times need to listen that God's desire for you is the strength of your life. And the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. There will be a place of joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. I have a friend of mine who's a pastor. He's a Lebanese pastor from Lebanon. He says the most beautiful place in the planet is Lebanon. God was the one that created that nation and that area with incredible beauty. The excellence of Carmel and Sharon, uh, the rose of Sharon is from that place, is the most beautiful rose and they shall see the glory of the Lord. This is one of the things I've been very strong about through my Christian life. If God is doing something, it needs to be manifest. It needs to be tangible. It needs to be real. I can't pretend I have a good wife. I can't pretend that our family is amazing and full of joy and peace. It has to be tangible and real. If you come over to our house you will see the peace of God in a supernatural provision from heaven. It's way too good for me to take credit. It's just God's mercy on my life that he's given me a good wife and amazing children. The Bible calls these things that fill the earth with glory the excellency of our God. What's that mean? That you can move in a better reality of what you're living now, the saddest part in my life is to see men and women that are going full blast in a direction to miss God. As I was having breakfast with my wife this week, we had an opportunity to share breakfast, one of our favorite places, and we just looked around the landscape and we saw so many people missing God in their pursuit for them trying to live upon the earth, they got nails out to here. They got the weaves going on. They got the hair dyes. They got the style. They got the purses. They got the... Uh, they're missing God. They're missing God. We're living in a generation right now where Bill Gates wants to give medical advice. He doesn't have a medical license. I will tell him respectfully, shut up. You should speak in the sphere of your expertise, and that happens to be computers for you, sir, and not medical advice. We're living in a generation where those who are producing songs don't know diddly squat about music. The worst music 
in the history of the world is coming out of this generation because these guys have never taken one class in music. They don't know how to play the piano. They don't know how to play the guitar. They don't know the components of the music world. They're not musically inclined or gifted, and they're recording albums and filling the earth with profanity, depravity, vulgarity. My friend, Pitbull, you're not a musician. You're a sorry excuse for a man who needs to learn a lot. Number one of manhood, but number two of music. And so we're living times where people have an appetite for twisted things. We have celebrities in Hollywood teaching us how to have family. I was telling my son during Valentine's that Hollywood is disqualified to teach us about love. If you're following the Kardashians, I feel sorry for you. If you're trying to become a man looking at Bruce Jenner, he's teaching on womanhood. So we have men who with, have no medical license are talking about medicine. Musicians who've never taken one course in music, don't know how to play a tune on any instrument, are producing albums and filling the earth with vulgarity and depravity. And we have... Celebrities teaching us on romance and family and love, and they're disqualified. We have Bruce Jenner teaching us on womanhood. We have women on The View trying to teach us about manhood and giving opinions about how to lead the government. We have people in public office that are not qualified to lead a community because they're not even qualified to lead a family. The Bible says economy, the word economy is a Greek word, oikonomos, that means how to run a family. And if you're not knowing how to run a family, you have no business in public office governing a community. Because the prosperity of a community comes from the health of the family relationship in that regard. So here, the Bible says there's a highway of holiness. There's actually a pathway to these things, but it requires wisdom. We're not talking out of the seat of our pants. We have decided to follow God, and he establishes order upon the earth, and God's order upon the earth is the excellency of all things. There is no greater music than a person that allows the gifting of God to come through his life and they are gifted with amazing capacities. Their, their ability to put music together is nothing short of genius. We have some of these individuals here at our church that are gifted in this area of music. We see God through their lives. Verse 3 of Isaiah 35, the Bible continues to say, Therefore, you can strengthen the weak hands and you can make the weak, feeble knees firm. They're able to take on responsibility, the weight of leadership. We do not want women to usurp the head of the house. All these things create chaos and darkness fills the earth. We miss God. I don't want to miss God for one second of my life. 
And one point in my life, my son was talking about it yesterday at youth group. Don't think that we were born into these matters. There was no greater darkness than in the Molina home as I was growing up. There was chaos and confusion. There was depravity, vulgarity. There was all manner of sin and disgusting lives and relationships because we did not know God. We were in this world without God. We were in this world without hope. We were in this world without direction, disoriented. And now we could stand in a place and speak of these things because we were once blind, but now we see. We were once lost, but thank God we are found. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 3, make sure that your life is free of sexual immorality. What's that mean? Let's go ahead and, and look at these things closely because as the Bible instructs us, we're going to see <clears throat> the provision of God. Chapter 5, verse 3. Make sure that fornication, the sexual relationship between two parties that do not get married is not a part of your life. We're hearing so many people that are not married having intimacy. <clears throat> the Bible calls this unclean and it's not profitable for the relationship. That you would have a desire that is not consistent with God's word. Let it not even be named among you. This is not cute. This is not something, oh, I'm so happy that you and your boyfriend are living together. Or that you travel together. Or you're having intimacy together without the marriage covenant. Without coming to God. That creates a lot of confusion and chaos in the relationship. Jennifer Lopez, Alex Rodriguez, you're not supposed to be living together without being married. Obviously, they're not seeking the counsel of God. They're not seeking the way of the highway of holiness. They're, they're doing what they feel and think is advisable. All you're going to have is great big problems. There are going to be issues that are going to confuse your family and your children that you say you love. Let it not even be named amongst you. Quit bringing these things in your conversation as, oh, how cute. Verse 4, the Bible says, to move in a direction that is not filthy. Get all foolish talk out of your lips. Don't let anything come out of your mouth that's not consistent with God's desire. Don't joke around. These are not fitting. But rather be grateful for the season that you're in. Be grateful to God for his goodness. For his promises. Verse 5. The here and now speaks of this you know. That no fornicator. No unclean person. No person that's living life out of God's time and season who puts other priorities, he has areas where 
These things are idols to him. What's an idol? Things you place before God, at higher than God. A priority you pursue that's not God's priority or pursuit. None of these will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. You're not going to be able to participate. The Bible says the kingdom of God is peace, joy, and righteousness. You're not going to have peace in your life. Your joy will be short-lived. It's going to turn into a nightmare. You figure you would have already learned your lesson having so many relationships outside of God's order and design. One of the things about the Bible that I enjoy is how practical it is. How the Bible really teaches you the way you should go. Verse 6, the Bible continues on to tell us, let no one deceive you. Why? We're entering into a climate where men want to be women, women want to be men. They're making little dolls now that are girls with male parts. You're telling me that these toy makers are not participating? You know, that, that's criminal, but more criminal is a parent that would purchase these things. More criminal is a mother who would give their children things that promote craziness. If you're, if you're raised by a demon-possessed mom and your life has become ruined, how is it you're going to pass on to your children the witchcraft of twistedness, of doing life outside of God's design? Because of these things, listen quickly, the wrath of God, the wrath of God. People don't want to talk about this. Some people, friends of mine are preachers. They say, Pastor, I don't talk about these things because then people don't come to my church. Well, let me just tell you, you're not a preacher. Let me just tell you, you're not a shepherd. Because if the Bible says that the wrath of God comes upon sons of disobedience, who are you to tell your son that he could do all matter of disobedience and rebellion and disrespect and dishonor and the love of God is going to visit him? My Bible says the wrath of God is revealed and comes upon the sons of disobedient. We're not reading the Old Testament. There's, there's an actual life where you're not getting the embrace and the favor of God. You're about to witness his severity. God is no joke. He's not a puppet that you play with. Verse 7, let no one deceive you with words that have no substance. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. What's this mean? I cannot sit with a person who's being outright rebellious, outright disrespectful and disobedient, and have lunch and enjoy breaking bread with somebody who's about to have God's wrath show up in his life. I want to be a beacon of light for the people that are looking for truth. I want to be a refuge for people that want to be under the shelter. I don't want to see people walking contrary to God's word and say everything's going to be all right how cute I can't do that I have a, a defect from birth in the Lord it's incorruptible seed I can't pretend that things that are wrong are right and I can't embrace and be partakers of those that are doing things that are insulting the spirit of grace 
The Bible says, do not partake with them. What's that mean? What does do not partake, do not take part in what they do? These are words for God's people in the New Testament. And and he continues to say in verse 8, therefore you were once darkness. Do you remember that? You remember when you were rebellious and disobedient, dishonorable and disrespectful, and you did not honor your pastor and your church and the body of Christ? You didn't even know that these things existed, but now you're in the light. So if you're in the light, walk as children in the light. Quit walking like if this thing is not real. Quit walking as if you can make fun of what God takes serious. I know till the day I die, I'm praying to God to stay the course. That there would be a line between right and wrong. It wouldn't be 50 shades of gray. I pray that we would know that we have come to the light and now we're, we're indebted and owe the gratitude of coming out of darkness to his light and being those people in the light. There's a, some people are watching every one of our services and you're going straight to hell in your arrogance and in your pride, your self-sufficiency and your independence. You don't know you're being shepherded by Satan himself. He doesn't like fellowship. He doesn't like you to be part of a church and have a pastor and be part of a faith community. You're sitting in your living room and do not know that you're destined to a life without God, separated in eternity as you like it. The Bible says, be children of light. Verse 9, this instruction is for the here and now, the fruit of the Spirit leads you to all goodness and righteousness and truth. Well, if I become too part of the truth, my worldly friends are not going to like me. Duh! They don't like you anyways, or else they would be recommending you join a church and do the word of God and go to heaven. They're not interested in speaking truth to your life. But if you come to the house of God, you're going to understand there is no confusion. There is no chaos. There's no uncertainty. We are confident in the things that the word of God tells us. We stand upon these things. We build upon these things. Verse 10. This is the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. This is what we're doing on a constant basis. I'm I'm listening to the word of God six to eight hours a day. Why? Because I want to know what pleases God. I'm not listening to CNN and Anderson Cooper and Don Lemon and that's a lot of bitterness there in that lemonade. There's a lot of resentment. There's a lot of rebellion. I don't want Rachel Maddox to give me the news. I don't want Bill O'Reilly or Sean Hannity to speak into my life. He can't even speak into his marriage. So we need to find out what pleases the Lord. And if you keep fellowship with godly people, who are these people? People that love Jesus. People who read the Bible. People who not only read the Bible, they live the Bible. They are pursuing the high call of God. They're talking about holiness. They're talking about purity. They're contrasting sin and rebellion and disobedience. Man, it's a horrible thing to be in a church where your pastor is super cool, super fun, but he's not 
keeping fellowship with the saints. He's not setting the course in his home. One of the most prominent preachers in our city here, the wife is across town, he's across town. Their house is divided and they continue to portray their spirituality as good. If you read this entire chapter five that is setting us up for an incredible will of God. Do not be partakers. The wrath of God is coming. Don't associate with them. For you were once darkness, yet now you're light. Walk as children of the light. Try to learn what's pleasing to the Lord. Let your lifestyle become an example of what's most acceptable to God. Not, not doing what's okay. Well, I don't think God minds if I have a tattoo or an earring, okay, let's not talk about if God minds. Let's talk about if your parents mind. And the Bible says to honor your father and mother and you're trampling them for the sake of a couple of ink stains on your skin. You're not keeping the highest standard of excellency. You're sucking the gutter in the name of grace. You're not seeking the excellency of the Lord. Let your behavior follow the patterns of what you believe. Verse 10, find out what pleases the Lord. And then verse 11, have no fellowship and don't involve yourself in the unfruitful works of darkness. Tattoo, you don't need to do that. Rather expose them. Don't be living on the edge of the world's Cultural, um, like Wellington Boone said when he was here, you can be culturally conscious, but not culturally controlled. What are you doing looking like the world? What are you doing like the Holy Spirit doesn't live inside of you? That you don't know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Verse 12, the Bible says like this, for this is disgraceful. See, people don't know what's shameful. You know what's shameful is that your dad is a pastor and you go to another church. Because you can't help your pastor shepherd his church. You know what's shameful? You're married to a woman and she doesn't want to come to your church. That's shameful. We have lost our ability, the Bible says, to blush. We don't even know how to be shameful. We're doing stuff that's all over the, 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 the spectrum of craziness. It's shameful to speak of those things which these people do in secret. And we saw what Carl Lentz was doing in secret, having several affairs. And so we're seeing the demise. We saw what Ravi Zacharias was doing in secret. And now they're burning all his books. A statesman, a general of the faith but a secret pornographer, a man who had twisted morals. The Bible is talking for us that these are the times that we should be seeking the will of God. Verse 13, all these things become visible when they're exposed by the light. When you talk like this, then people say, oh, I didn't know that it was wrong. Oh, I didn't know I, did, I didn't know that this was the other kingdom, the kingdom of darkness. I didn't know that this was shameful. 
I didn't know this was dishonorable. I didn't know, I didn't know that we were supposed to keep family and marriage. The Bible says here, I want to hurry up very quickly. I have limited time. As we're talking about these things, God begins to usher us in the direction of his purpose. And he says like this, uh, verse 14. Therefore, he says, wake up, you sleepy head. Arise from the dead so that Christ will give you light. You're not supposed to be asleep. You're not supposed to be dead and indifferent and passive. Verse 15, see that you walk carefully, not as a foolish man would walk, but as wise. We have and we owe it to this generation to live as wise. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. You're not, you're not even understanding these matters. Nothing occasions you to move in a direction that honors God and honors family. As God begins to tell us to live as wise, carefully, circumspectly, consider these things and give them their proper weight. What for? Verse 16, making the most of all your time because the days are evil. We're trying to fill out what does God want so I could do it to its highest degree. That's where the confusion starts. People are speaking into your life. They're not pastors. They're not shepherds. They're politicians. They're saying, don't worry. Everything's going to be all right. They're entertainers. They're telling you stuff you want to hear. The Bible says people will not endure sound word in the last days. They want to hear things that will go contrary to the spirit of God, contrary to his word. See to it that you live carefully and that you not walk in these things because the days are evil. Verse 17, therefore do not be foolish. Do not be unwise. Well, how do I not be unwise? Begin to stand under what the Lord's will is, what God desires. You don't think... God desires to show the earth the glory of God, the goodness of God, the fruits of God. By this, they will know that you are my disciples. Keep far away from each other. Distance yourselves in all matter of division and, and strife and complex debate. No. By this, they'll know you're my disciples if you love one another. If you keep the unity of the fellowship. If you honor and stay within the framework of God's design, do not be unwise. Understand the will of God. And as he's telling us these things, this is Paul. Don't be influenced, verse 18, with wine, but be filled with the Spirit of God. Don't let other things have an influence in your life that is not the spirit of God that's influencing you. Be filled with the spirit. Don't waste any more time. Don't be pursuing things that have no return and promise. Verse 19. Speaking to one another. Psalms and hymns. Spiritual songs. Singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Things that God wants to hear that are pleasant to his ears. Let my life be 
pleasurable to you, pleasing to you, O God. How? Verse 20, not complaining, murmuring, but giving thanks. Thanks, God, for my family. Thanks, God, for my dad. Thanks, God, for my church. Thank God for my pastor. Thank God for the body of Christ. Thank God for the worship team. Thank God for the media department. Thank God for the servants of the Lord who stand in the house of the Lord, lifting up their hands, praising his name. If that is not sufficient for you, Wellington Boom Bishop says this, you're not going to be in heaven. You, you can't enjoy heaven if you cannot enjoy the fellowship of his saints here upon the earth. If you have issues with the house of God here upon the earth, what are you going to do when you get to heaven? So the Bible is telling us all these things. And then it says like this in verse 21, being subject to one another, submitting to one another, finding out who is who in the body of Christ and giving them the rightful place in your life. God gave you a pastor, why don't you honor him? God gave you pastors, why don't you honor them? God gave you leaders, why don't you honor them? God gave the church elders, why are you trampling them? Why are you subverting? Why are you usurping? Why is your voice above the voice of the counsel of God for your life? And so all these things put in perspective, you would figure that Paul is going to open up the choirs of the heaven and show us the structure of God's glory up in the highest. And the next verse says, therefore, wives, be submissive to your husbands. It's practical. If you're not doing it in your home, you're not going to do it. We, we had families here at the church. They had controversies at the church, controversies at the church, controversies at the church. And we said, okay, let us go to your house and let's talk about this. And when we went to the house, we said, hey, time out. The controversy is not the church. The controversy is your house is twisted. Your children don't honor the parents. The wife doesn't honor the husband. And you want to bring that craziness to the house of God. That's why there's controversy in the house of God. It's your wife and children that lead your home. And that's never going to happen in the house of God. I'll get an amen someday. You can't bring the craziness to the house of God and expect the pastor to submit to your indisciplined, undisciplined little girl or brat, little spoiled brat son. That's why you can't come into the house of God. Because you have to create darkness where women and children lead the home. That's not the kingdom of God. See, we're talking about the here and now. I don't want to be so super elevated spiritual and I miss God. God says if you want to know the will of God, if you want to know what pleases him, if you want to stay away from darkness, if you want to live as wise and not foolish, start at the home. That's how Paul tells us. Wives, submit to your husbands. As to the Lord, verse 23, husbands is the head of the wife. As Christ is the head of the church, he is the savior of the body. He begins to structure a format so chaos, darkness, and being disoriented is not part of the kingdom. There's clarity of light. There's peace. The outwork of righteousness is peace. You know why there's strife and contention and controversy? Because you haven't entered into the kingdom of God yet. 
The Bible says we know we have passed from darkness to light because we are able to tolerate love the brethren. We love the house of God. We love the people of God. Oh, look at so-and-so and look at so-and-so. Listen, so-and-so and so-and-so has nothing to do with you walking in the will of God. Understanding the mind of God. Understanding the heart of God. I thank God for this message today. I thank God for a place called the house of God, the provision, the word of God, the, the, the vessel, the man of God, who's going to continue to speak God's heart to the ends of the earth until the Lord's return. Wives, submit to your husbands. Just as the church is subject to Christ, verse 24, wives should be subject to their husbands in everything. Let the buck fall and stop where the buck falls and stop. Your husband is responsible to bring the counsel of God to your home, and all the home is responsible to line up with the counsel of God, with God's provision, with God's purpose, with God's goodness. Husbands, verse 25, love your wives. Seek her highest good. Surround her with care and unselfish love. You know how you love your wife? Lead her in the Lord. Quit buying her Ferraris and Porsches and Lamborghinis. Alex Rodriguez does that. That doesn't mean he loves his wife. If he would lead her in the Lord, that means he loves his wife. If he says, listen, we can't live together until we get saved and go to church and commit and covenant with each other, then that's a man who denies himself and loves his wife as Christ loves the church. He gives himself for her. As long as we have twisted families, we will not see the kingdom of God established upon the earth. The here and now is that we're done with all manner of confusion and chaos, disoriented. On Wednesday, I will be speaking on the pillar of Proverbs chapter 9, verse 1. The Bible says that wisdom has built a house and it sits on seven pillars. We want to have our families and our houses established by the Lord and not walk as this world does. So, Father, I thank you for today's word and it would be occasion for us to ask you to forgive us and to line us up with your goodness. Thank you for speaking in a manner which we could understand. Thank you for a message to the house of God that causes your light to come and fill the earth with your glory. We pray that you would forgive us in the areas we have usurped and rejected and disrespected the house of God bringing shame on the gospel of Jesus Christ by things we've done in secret by rebellion and disobedience. We pray that we would be delivered from the wrath to come, that we would be found wholesome and whole, that your grace would be sufficient for these things, that your spirit would be strong in our lives, and that we could not just continue with the religious rhetoric of all manner of disposition without the substance that is found in the highway of holiness. We pray your blessing upon your people, your prosperity, your peace, and that we might be pursuing your mindset and your heart 
in this season. In Jesus' name we pray and the house of God says amen and amen and amen. God bless you. See you Wednesday. I love you in the Lord and expect to see the glory of God upon your life. In Jesus' name, amen.